pull on that jersey. You represent yourself and your teammates. And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Saunas and Three Team Parlay. Yep, the hottest podcast in the queue. And I'll make sure you subscribe, download, and like, get five star ratings. Oj, where do you want to start today? Well, we've had a week off. We should be ready to roll here. Refreshed, hey? I feel refreshed. Oh, it's as good as I felt in the month of August for yeah, sure. I've had better. Yeah, well, let's uh let's get into this Jim Harbaugh stuff. Did he have a – were his players smoking cigars in the locker room or something? How, how annoying is the NCAA? So Jim Harbaugh is going to get a four-game suspension because he was contacting kids during the pandemic and bought a, them bought lunch. A, bought a cheeseburger, <clears throat> yeah. Four games for that. Well, and, and listen, it, obviously there's some ego involved on his side, which, you know, there there is with all these coaches, but – I don't, I don't blame him at all for for telling the NCAA basically to stick it up their ass. I don't. It's a it's so annoying with their rules and how they look at certain uh, situations. I mean, look at what Bill Self got for all the nonsense there at Kansas on the basketball side, and then we come back and and you know that's what basically that's what happened, right? Harbaugh just said, "Listen, I'm not going to give in to you guys. I didn't do anything wrong." Should have should he have apologized and just said it was my mistake would have been you know a different deal but he wouldn't do it whether it's ego or whatever um, he bought a hamburger and texted somebody when he wasn't supposed to and basically he's given the middle finger to the NCAA so he's getting four games out of it and as far as I'm concerned good for him so Hunter Dickinson leaves Michigan basketball to go to Kansas. Because he's going to make $900,000 more in NIL money. And we're worried about somebody texting a kid and buying lunch. Is this a little, maybe the little NCA saying, I told you not to do this? No, I mean, it's we, exactly what it is. We got to look at these rules and then and, and fix them. At one point, they used to let people smoke on an airplane. And they said, hey, all right, maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe the, it's time to. Relax this nonsense. The communication between text messaging and snap tweeting grams and whatever, social media, enough is enough. The NCAA is an absolute joke. When you have Paul Feinbaum, who's been a critic of Harbaugh for years, when you have him coming out on ESPN, sticking up for Harbaugh in this situation, you know something's screwed up. And all, all Jim has said, Coach Harbaugh, all he has said You're is... You're not on a first-name basis with him not, yet? Not yet, but it's coming. He just said, I've got nothing to be ashamed of. So he's going to take it. That sounds like it's coming down. And maybe uh, the offensive coordinator has got to get a game or whatever it is. But it just, it's and just the so games, aggravating. And, and the four games aren't games that there's any real danger no, of losing. No. I don't think. I shouldn't say that. But, I mean, come on, guys. This this is ranks right up there with suspending Tony and Nice because guys are smoking cigars in the locker room. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, all right. You're in charge. Good job, guys. I mean. The enforcement of this this nonsense is making the NCAA look even more like a bunch of clowns. Yeah, it's exactly right. Um, I'm sticking by Harbaugh. I've loved him. And it's not a... even because I'm a Michigan. I like Michigan, and it's just enough is enough. I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta take the temperature of the room from time to time. And 
busting somebody because they sent a text message during a, a pandemic. And I mean, yeah, this isn't Rick Pitino type stuff here. No, know. if they wanted to suspend him for taking his shirt off and climbing a tree, I'd probably I could see that because that was a little bit weirder. But well, he is quirky. Yeah, well, it's a it's it's annoying. Um, I'm sticking by our coach. Go blue. NCAA can stick it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about this, Hodge, and I think I mentioned this to you. There's a, a podcast called The Play Callers. Have you listened to this yet? I have not. I, uh, I was listening to this uh, last week, and there's about four or five episodes, and it's all about the, the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree with Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, and Mike McDaniel. And it goes through their careers, and, and you want to talk about some whack jobs. I love this. I love this podcast. As somebody that was – Kind of whacked over out. the top. Yeah, kind of whacked out about preparation and stuff like that. And then you see these guys and and how they go about preparing, and then the connections between them and then some of these other guys. If you guys haven't listened to that podcast, I, I recommend it. If you like football and the coaching or side just of coaching, it, even yeah, in general, just the little insight. I thought they did a fabulous job with that. Uh, obviously, these guys are cutting edge. You know offensive gurus in the nfl i didn't realize mcdaniel was in that that little web of coaches yeah it was it was it was really good that guy annoys me he looks like he looks like that you know he reminds me of that that uh that little weasel that was running the the show that you guys watched of what was the robbing the bank uh money heist money heist that's who he reminds me of plus he vapes on the sideline he does yeah i think he did last year oh yeah but i anyway um, anybody who loves coaching, offensive minds, and how they in the coaching trees and all that, check it out. Check yeah, it out. I'll do it. I just I haven't gotten into it yet, but I'm. I did listen to a couple episodes of the uh, the Bourbon and Bucks or whatever the hell it's called. Bucks and Booze. There you go. Co- Bucks and Booze. George yep. Torzik. The Torzik's. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, hey, that's good. Probably the second best podcast in the Q and Anybody hey? that's listening, that's uh, into hunting, you want to? Well, not into hunting, really into. Well. Just give it a shot. It's deer camp. It's hunting, camaraderie. Those guys do a hell of a job. Yeah. But I'd say they're probably the second best podcast in the Q&A. Yeah, just in second. But anyway. So anyway, we uh, we took the week off. We're coming back, and we said we're, we're, doing, we're, we're in football mode, right? We're going to make a couple changes to, the, to the, the format of our podcast. We've listened to our tens of fans. A little couple of tweaks here and there, but we said it's football season. So we're going to start off today. Um, we'll start off with the NFL. We're going to look at the AFC, and then we'll progress through the NFC and college football, and maybe right down into the local stuff. But there's a, a lot of stuff coming down the pike with with some some interviews with people and a lot of our opinions on football. Finally, yeah, we've been waiting for this all summer actually get to get uh, to get back into the football world, and, and certainly that's gonna that's gonna get me geared up for a little wager talk also. But uh, yeah, let's look at the AFC. Well, you're coming off the year where the, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, right? And I think they're probably the odds-on favorite to to win it again, as long as Mahomes is healthy and Andy Reid is healthy. I think they are probably your your odds-on favorite. But there's some interesting storylines going on in the in the AFC, and some of it's starting right off in the AFC East, hey? Well. <laughs> These divisions are interesting as hell. I mean, the the AFC East. There's four teams there that, you know, you can you can make a case for each of them, 
But when you look at the Patriots, I think the biggest case you can make for them is their head coach. And despite their lack of talent, they're they're gonna New England's gonna go at it this year, and they're gonna try to grind out these games, slow games down, try to win them twenty to seventeen. Mm-hmm. They they have question marks at quarterback with uh, Mac Jones and that Zappy or Zappa or whatever the hell his name yeah. is that came in last year, right? So. You know, you, you look at those two compared to the other three quarterbacks in the division. That puts them. I well, think, look at the look at Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Josh Allen might. You know, he's going to be an MVP candidate this year. Miami Dolphins. And if if Tua stays healthy, I think I could throw to some of those receivers he has. Yeah, hey? and he's got they got speed all over the place. Plus, they got the the guy that you know robbed the bank at coaching and vapes, so that helps too. And and then the, that, did the Jets get a new quarterback too? Yeah, I heard something about that. Yeah, so. So if you looked at that, you're looking at probably the Patriots as the fourth best team in that division. Are you going to put money on it that the Patriots are going to finish fourth? Are they going to win eight games? I don't know. I'm not betting against Bill Belichick. How are they going to win on the road in that division? No. 17-14. No. They're not going to get into a pissing contest and outscore teams for sure. But if you look at the coaching staff, Belichick's number one. Team talent-wise, number four. Right. That division right there is going to be pretty interesting, I think. And the Jets, on the other side of it, the you know the Jets coaching staff, that's the biggest question mark. Right. Right. Now we're dealing with, and of course, Rogers there, but it's a that's a hell of a division. I think Josh Allen is the best quarterback in it, and that's why I give the nod to Buffalo coming out of that as the one seed. I I think I got to go with that as well. I just have a hard time thinking that there's gonna, that New York is going to go drama free this year. Oh, they they got to stay injury free and they got to go drama free and I just don't see I don't know that they that it, they, they can do it, you know I'd like to see Belichick pulling out. I'm I'm not sold on the Dolphins. I know they got the weapons, but I'm with you. I think I'm going to go with Buffalo. It's all about Tua, you know, with Miami. He's got to stay healthy because when he was rolling last year, Miami was pretty darn good. You know. Yeah, there's the receiving core is talented. Right. I mean, they got skill up the Wazulio, but he's got to stay healthy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Buffalo because realistically, Buffalo could could have been in the Super Bowl. Last couple of years. Yep. All right, AFC North, you got the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens. I think that's even tougher to pick than the East. I don't think they're as good as the East. They might not be as good, but I think it's tougher to pick. A little bit, again, Mike Tomlin, are you betting against him? Never. He wins, wins, and they're wins, the, wins. They're the, they're the fourth most talented team in that division. Cleveland is supposed to be, you know, the most talented team. Um, Deshaun Watson's the question mark there. Is he going to be the Deshaun Watson of Houston, or is he going to be what he was last year, right? Right. So that's a big question mark for them. Baltimore, um, John Harbaugh does a hell of a job with those guys, too. They find ways, and now Lamar is happy. And if he's healthy, I'm taking them. New new offensive coordinator, too? Yep. You know, I just – I can't can't get on board with the Browns, and and the Bengals are just – Joe Cool. Yeah. Um, he is damn good, but he's hurt right now. And Yeah, that's a calf injury. I think that's fictitious just to keep him out of it so he doesn't get hurt. But, yeah, I, I actually like the Ravens too just because much like the the Patriots in there, is, they're going to find a way to grind out a game and, and all of a sudden Lamar makes a big play. Do you agree with me on that too? I, I actually like John Harbaugh. I like the Ravens. I like the way they play. They're, like I said, they're, they're probably not going to get into a scoring I just, I, I think they can win. I think they can win a variety of ways. They can win in the mud. They can win in the cold. They can win on the turf. You know, they can grind out games, make them their style. That's why 
Pittsburgh does that too, but you're looking at that pick that kid picking. Yeah, they're just they don't have Lamar Jackson. I mean, Pittsburgh and Baltimore have the same kind of philosophy. They just Pittsburgh just doesn't have the talent. I think I I agree with you. And you know, Burrow is obviously damn talented, and he smokes cigars, which I like. So, yeah, I'm I'm going Baltimore there. I just I I, the Deshaun Watson thing. Who the hell knows if Cleveland? He can he can go work for the NCAA for all I care. Um, I'd let, I'm going to go with Baltimore, and, and I, I do have a soft spot for the Steelers. I like Mike Tomlin, and if they win that division, I wouldn't be too upset. But um, let's move on to the South, AFC South. The Titans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Texans. There's your one, two, th- three of those teams are playing for uh, draft Shit. picks already, hey? Yeah. Um, Jacksonville wins that, No, I mean, easily. Yeah, they have to. They were in the playoffs last year. Trevor Lawrence has taken a step up. Couple steps up, you know. He he's uh he's the real deal, which is what they hope when they draft. Tennessee him. has some potential there. Who are the quarterbacks of these other teams? We were talking outside earlier, uh, you know, trying to figure this out. Indy is going to start that Richardson, the rookie. Well, and I didn't like him. I didn't like him being drafted that high to begin with. But and then Houston and Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee's got the you know they got the hammer, but. Right. Is it is Tannehill still what they're doing there? Uh, must be, but they they got a new offensive coordinator. Well, so Jack Jacksonville wins. The those South. other teams might not win six. I would say that there's a good chance that Houston, Indy, or Tennessee are all playing for the number one draft pick. Yeah, you're probably right. So so far so good. No arguing yet. I got the Jags winning that division. They they'll probably be a ten win team. They could very well be. Um, and then in the West, you got the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers. Uh, I don't know how you pick against the Chiefs, and I'm going to tell you the team that I think is going to is going to fall flat on their faces. I think the Chargers are due to. Well, everyone thinks they're up and coming. I think they are going to be one of the biggest disappointments this fall. Well, thank goodness we have a disagreement because I have a number one next to my Chargers in my notes here. They are going to win that division. The Chargers. The Chargers are going to win that division, and over the Chiefs. I'm going to tell you something right now. I have a weird feeling that something is going to happen. You've been drinking too much wine? Uh, not yet. You're seriously picking the Chargers over the Chiefs? Well, Justin Herbert's a freaking stud. Now, the coach the coach is kind of – he's had some issues the last couple of years with, you know, not, not so much play calling, but game, game management. management type yeah. things. You know, so and I like through. some of the things. I guess I don't – They have some players there, and I just think that they're going to take that step forward this year. and. I think something negative is going to happen happen to the Chiefs here early on. And I'm not saying, you know, a major injury to Mahomes or something. I well, just, I think that's the only way that that, that happens. If Mahomes gets injured, I just think it's it's time for them to take a step back. And whether it's injury wise or what, I, you know, Denver and the Raiders both stink. So the, the yeah, but I just have a feeling the Chargers are going to fall flat. On Although face. Denver's Denver's going to be interesting in the fact that Sean Payton is over there and he's been running his mouth a little bit. He uh, went after Nathaniel Hackett, right? Um, Rogers stuck up for him, you know, this last, past week. So it'll be interesting to see what what Sean Payton can do with. Well, with I think Russell Sean Payton Wilson. part of, part of the thing that Sean Payton's doing is he's saying that stuff because he knows that they suck and that when they do suck, he can blame it on Hackett. Because he, he, Sean Payne's a good coach. He's not a miracle worker. Yeah. It just didn't seem like him to do that. No. To come on and do that. But the, the Raiders have Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that's where they're going quarterback-wise. But I just, I like Justin Herbert, I might throw a, I might throw 10 bucks on him to win the MVP. 
of the league this year. That's, How about you give me 10, I'll give you five, and you'll come out more, uh, further ahead than if you actually place that. I'm gonna, I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going, you know, the Chargers and KC are both going to be around that 12 wins, you know, 12 to 13. Chargers are going to be six wins at best. Oh, my God. Well, okay, why don't you get on DraftKings and, and bet the under on their win total then? Big mouth. Let's go. Maybe I will. Well, let's. I, I want to see you do it because I think San Diego is going to have a hell of a year, and I'm going to take Herbert to win the MVP, and I think they end up winning that division. Now, the Chiefs will be right there. Maybe they'll split whatever tiebreakers, but that's how I see that division, division uh, unfolding. All right. Well, at least we disagree on one thing. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah. So who do you got winning the AFC? Um. So the way I seeded things right now, looking at playoff-wise, they got Buffalo as the one, the Chargers two, uh, Jacksonville because they won the division is going to be three. Jacksonville is going to be rated higher just because of their weak, weaker schedule. Right. I don't know that they can necessarily win the AFC. Baltimore four, Kansas City is a wild card because they did not win the division. And uh, then after that, it's Cincinnati, the Jets, and Pittsburgh. That's why I see the eight teams folding unfolding there in the in the AFC. So who's your pick to win the AFC? I got Buffalo. I could I could get on board with that. Like I said, I think it's the Chiefs to lose. I think somebody until somebody knocks them off, they need to be a front runner like that. But Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you know, it's gonna be beautiful going week to week watching Kansas City. And all of a sudden week one some injury, Travis Kelsey goes down and we gotta do this podcast and you gotta kiss my ass because I called it in early August. Yeah, let's go with that. So anyway, that next week we'll take a little look at the N- NFC and obviously, um, you know, we can take what we said to the bank. Uh, one more quick little little update here uh, coming up. We got the old Bujack Fun Run that we mentioned. We do. I've uh, been a participant and I'm not 100% sure if we're actually participating this year because we got some other things going that Saturday. But uh, yeah, it's a hell of an event. A friend of ours, good friend of ours. Obviously, uh, spearheads that, and it, it, you know the fundraiser goes to a great cause. So, looking forward to hearing about how that went for Coach Crows and the rest of the crew. The Bootjack Fun Run. Yeah. So this will be the first year I'm actually going to participate in it. But we were able to the other night um, sit down, not really sit down, kind of stood around with uh, with Crows and got his perspective on you know from his side of this. So we are standing on the shores of the Portage Canal here with the organizer of the Bujack Fun Run, Mr. John Crows. Crowsy, how are we doing? All right, doing awesome here at the Stever wedding. So we got the Bujack Fun Run coming up, and I know James Thomas Koskala says that it's not fun, but um, overall you've been doing this for a number of years, and it's been a great event. So uh, why? Uh, that's always a tough one, but uh, myself, Rita, Lizzie, all three of us are best friends, and we uh, basically designed it so there was one day a week or one day out of the year where we were guaranteed to hang out with each other and and do some good day drinking. And then, and it's been a great event, but pretty good turnout from what I recall. Um, weather doesn't come into play even when there's crappy weather; people show up. But and the big part of this is the fund the funds that you raise. You guys are giving back to the community. Yeah, we give uh, our whole goal was to do something about the health and welfare of the bootjack community and contribute that way and we do that with the fun run and uh, we typically raise enough money and we give uh, whatever proceeds we have to the uh, bootjack first responders because they're a self-funded organization 
So, and this is coming up August 12th. People can sign up online. We'll probably put a link on our Twitter page in here. But just a great event. So, you know, the community's benefiting from what you're doing. Oh, it's awesome. It's, uh, you know, it's the one event where people go, you know, when you're running and stuff and you see all our pictures and everyone's smiling and having a good time. And it's, it's uh, dog friendly for friendly dogs. You bring your kids out on bikes if you need to. Um, kids in strollers, ki- um, people pushing each other in wheelchairs. Uh, last year we had someone in roller skates from back in the 1970s disco days. Um, cla- classic stuff out there and uh, a lot of fun. That's great. So I'm going to give it a rip this year, and if I survive, we'll have a beer at the end. Yeah, and most people when you talk about this go, I can't run that. But uh, 80% of our participants are walkers, and we got several different races for all different levels. That's awesome. Keep doing what you're doing, and thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's time for Crouchy's Corner. We're going to look at some of the great games, the great events, the great people that have shaped the history of sports in the Upper Peninsula. Crouchy's Corner is brought to you by Level Up Branded Apparel, the official apparel provider of SS3TP. See Brendan or Sean for all your organization's embroidery, screen printing, or personalization needs. Visit our website at levelupembroidery.com. So, Oge, we've been doing a lot with Great moments in UP sports history. We're going to kind of make a little little kind of a twist with this a little bit and start incorporating more um, some, some of the people that have shaped the history of sports in the Upper Peninsula. And the first one we're going to introduce here today is somebody that you're no stranger to. Somebody that, you know, that had a big impact on your life. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I think, you know, there's going to be other moments we can bring up too, but it's a good way to good way to move on to something a little bit different and talk about some you know some different coaches or players officials different things like that that we're going to do and and you know for us to be able to get a hold of my old high school coach uh tom bimbo coddle was uh was great meant a lot and i know it meant a lot for him too to have us come down and interview him so it's uh it was good stuff yeah and i said i know he actually enjoyed it he could have talked all day and i think it's important that that people that maybe aren't as familiar with some of these people get at least a little bit of a taste of these people that you and I um, have been influenced by. And we, and we have many, many more to come. I think this is going to be a segment that, um, that people are really, really going to yeah, enjoy. And, and these, and these coaches, it's, you know, Bimbo's going to be 80 soon. You know, some of these guys are, are getting to that point where, where you got to get them on and, and record them and listen to them and, and, and listen to their memories too and stuff like that. So, it's good stuff. Yeah. So I'm, and again, I've, I've known Bimbo a little bit, obviously you're very close to them, but we had a great time um, talking with coach Cottle. So let's hear what he has to say. Okay. Oj, we're sitting here with one of our legendary UP coaches, uh, coach Tom Cottle out of Ewan Trout Creek in some parts of the Onondagan County, people refer to him as Bimbo, but we're sitting here and we're going to talk with coach Cottle today about his Hall of Fame career that entailed over 31 seasons, over 500 wins, 27 conference titles, 13 district titles, three regionals, and that epic state finals battle with Colbert in 82 that was 105 to 94. Um, Coach Cottle is inducted into the Hall of Fame in, in 2006, and obviously he's somebody that you have a pretty special relationship. Um, I've known him through the years when, well, you know, we actually beat you one year, Coach. 
when I was playing, but I know uh, you and Oj have a pretty special. Look at that skull on his face when you yeah, mentioned right that. Right off the bat, hey, interview's <laughs> hey, over. But hey, okay. But uh, was I, that 1990? 1992. We came back and beat you at Lake London. I was a senior. Mm. But we won't bring that up. Well, I got. I'm sure Oj has some other some other knives that dig into your ribs here. But uh, you know, we're really glad to to have you here today. We're sitting in the beautiful confines of the South Branch. Downtown Ewan. Downtown Ewan. Um, so, um, Oj, what do you got for for your coach? Obviously, he made you into everything you were. You probably yeah. wouldn't have been much without him. Certainly owe him a lot of credit. Dude. A lot of good times, a lot of good memories. But I'm going to bring up some bad ones right off the bat. Because well, I know talking with talking with Bimbo over like the years. Talking with Bimbo over the years, it's and knowing coaches, it's you always remember those losses more than the wins. At least I do. You know, you, too. And you remember some of the good wins, but some of those gut wrenching losses. And some of these I was involved with just as a fan or a kid. But let's get right off it and talk about that the talented team you had in uh, the 80 81 season um, prior to your state champion run, championship run. But that team lost to Crystal Falls in the regionals. What do you remember about that game, Coach? Uh, I, I remember it very well. Uh, we had one loss during that year. One kid screwed up against Besmer. We were 19-1 and one on the season. We were 22-1 and one when we played Crystal, and they were 11-11. and 11. And I remember that game very well. I got that uh, tape somewhere in my garage, and it says 81 screw job on it. <laughs> so anyway, that's the way I feel because the opening jump ball was a, a muff, and Crystal Falls scored a layup. They should have re-jumped. Neither guy touched the ball. Anyway, then I had my diamond press on, and the best player on my team was Dennis Mackey, the coach at Go Give It at that time, and now he is. Okay, he was my front man on my diamond press. They called three fouls on him in the first three minutes of the first quarter, and two of the fouls, he scored baskets. They called offensive fouls, took the baskets away. So I said, oh boy, this is gonna be a long game. And uh, so I had to call my press off, and Mac had to sit on the bench till halftime. So, well, anyway, uh, it came down to the end. We didn't play a very good game. We really didn't. And I found out years later, I just saw this kid for the first time since 81. Jim Anderson, he could jump over the basket. Okay. He played with one contact in and one contact out in that game. He'd go up for a rebound, and he'd miss a goddamn thing. He couldn't see. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, and then Dorsey Johnson, the owner of Copper Country Ford, he was a starter on that team. And he was a good ball player, but he didn't shoot like he normally could in that game. So we played a not very good game. And it came down to the end, and it was one of the games like uh, 82, I wanted somebody to shoot, shoot the ball. The game's gonna, the clock is gonna go off. So if you would have had Owens, he would have shot it. You know that. <laughs> Stevie Gerber shot the ball, missed. Mac was back in the game. He got the rebound, was hammered by two guys, missed the bucket, got the rebound again, got hammered again, 
foul didn't go in. Buzzer went off. I know the referees. I won't bring up their names, but uh, tough loss. We lost the game. Yeah, tough but, one. Uh, we didn't play very well. I I thought that team uh, was maybe one of the best teams that I ever had because we had some size. We had Dave Bessonen, of course. Uh, 80, 81, 82, 83. I think we won 90-some games and well, let's lost into, like uh, a six or something like that. Let's get right into, you know, continue the, the painful memories here. But these are just ones I remember as a kid. You just mentioned 83, that 83, 84. So the year after that, you guys had a tough loss to Dollar Bay in the districts. And Dollar Bay was loaded with some good teams in that time, too. Oh, you had some uh, great battles with Bronzick oh, and the crew. Oh, Bronzick. So this is, this is okay. and okay. and okay. and yeah. had a really good team in 84. My center is sitting right over there, uh, Steve Johnson, 6'7 center. But anyway, we had a pretty decent team. We had two guys left over from the 82 team, Tim Pocus and Wayne Pokey. Pokey didn't see a lot of time on that team, but he was a good player. And we had Matt Codd and big guy Steve over there. Bobby Milo. Yeah, Bobby Milo. Anyway, we had the lead. We had a full-court press. I think Brownsick had two starting fives at that time. He'd rotate them, and they were all both could. But we I, only I, had one. I remember as a little kid, those kids I love to play Jim Bronzick. We had, we had battled and battled and battled. Uh, anyway, Bobby Milo damn near stole the ball. The clock is, time is running out. We're, we're ahead. And this Craig Yonji came down, Craig Yonji, and he shot a rainbow. He must, because Steve was in the lane, six, seven guy, big man, big. Hand up high, he shot a rainbow. One must have went 15 feet above the goddamn basket and went in, and we lost. Game over. Craig Anji is actually a fan of our podcast. He was Craig Anji. Is he still in the area? He's still up in the better Travel Rock Valley area. Unfortunately, I still remember you. Oh, great stuff! Beautiful. So, in the next one, let's move on, and this is. You know, obviously, not a fan during this game, but this was 87-88, uh, mid-pen regionals. Remember that, my freshman year? I remember that. You, you were a freshman, and that team, as far as all the years I coached, were very overachievers. I never believed that we were good enough to make it to the regionals, to get out of the districts, to tell the truth, but we did. Any of this is the game where Oge took the elbow in the head from the Lake Linen kid. Uh, right? Yeah, in the district. That would have been that year. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, we got to 88, and we got to the Marquette and against Midpen, and we played exceptionally well. The guy that takes care of the town here, big George Korch, uh, Corey, was his only year he played basketball. He's about 6'5, six, 6'6. Oh, man, I wish I would have had him for six years. But anyway, uh, we played great game against Midpen. Screwy, screwy ending to that game. I mean, it was. Anyway, that memory of that end of that game is imprinted in my mind. It'll be there 100 years after I'm dead, I think. Uh, 
And this is 35 years ago, right? Well, About anyway, right? it's a long time ago. So anyway, buzzer went off. I think it was 76, 74. I think we had the two-point lead. There was a kid from mid-pen sitting about the three-point line on his ass calling for a timeout. The buzzer went off. Another lake uh, mid-pen kid threw the ball out of the gym, thought threw the, it up in the, the bleachers. Thought the game was threw, over. Frustrated. He yeah. thought the game was over. Okay. I don't remember one referee was I yet. The other referee I did not remember. I don't remember his name, but he was from that Marquette area somewhere. And anyway, he came running over to the bench, and he said, "No, no, no, no." Mid-pen called a timeout. We got to put five seconds back on the clock. Here I'm in a huddle with my guys. They think the game's over. They think they won. I had big George by the shirt. George, it's not over. <laughs> I was hitting them in the chest. They're going to put time back on the clock. So anyway, they had this player named Jim Lachance. He was a good player. One of the best I've, I saw that year. Anyway, we knew he was going to get the ball. So I put Cast in, Troy Cast in. He lives here now. He's retired from the military. And Big George, I put two guys on him. <laughs> it's funny because my good friend from White Pine, Roland Antelo, they were going to play the next game. They were standing under mid-pen's basket waiting to get on the floor. So they got the ball at a chance. He shot the ball from the corner of the free throw line. And it, unfortunately, it went in. They called it a three-pointer. So we lost the game. Okay. Yeah, it was on that right wing. They didn't, it was a side inbounds on that side of the court. Yeah. He hit, shot it from the right wing. Anyway, the referees didn't know if the shot was in time. Ducky Perrin. I remember Ducky well. Ducky Perrin, and I knew Ducky very well. He was on the, on the and clock there. Few fans know that those people on the bench are officials. Mm -hmm. I looked at Ducky after the when the buzzer went off. He was drinking a Coke. <laughs> and that same referee, the same referee that put time back on the clock, went over to Ducky and asked him if the bucket was good. And Ducky said, good. God went like this. It's good. So... That's a, yeah. Okay. Let's get off of those. Yeah, How about some okay. positives? Awesome. Let's focus on some positives. Moj always brings out the negative here. Let's, well, we're going to celebrate. Oh, I want to bring up Ayat's name, though. Okay. <laughs> the wife and I went out to, after that game. Uh, and Ayat was in the same fast food restaurant as us. And I said, okay, let's say everything your partner called was legit. Why wasn't there a technical for that kid throwing the ball out of the out of the gym? I said it, the five seconds should have started with Ozla on the free throw line and our ball out of bounds. He said, "You're right. Thank you, Ayat." So, I gotta tell you something, Oj. I, I think I know who you're talking about. I think he was involved. Do you remember that Cali the Girls Regional in Marquette where there was a controversial call from the corner? Yeah, I think so. I think he's the same guy who made that call. Then his kid ref 
for years too. Yeah. So anyway, let's get to let's get to some positive stuff here. I mean, coach, it's a beautiful day here. It's July twenty seventh. All right. Let's, we, the sun is shining. Let's be positive here. Well, how about so? How about you had the great win against Carney and the Stage Boys in that regional championship, right? That was one of the classics. Derek Stenson got the tip in, yeah. in overtime. But talk about that. Let's go to the semifinal game. I mean, you're you're in at Brest or at Michigan State, right? In the semis. And you're playing Misek. Uh, that was Misek, yeah. 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 And so you're one win away from going to the state finals. And tell us about that game. Well, I, I think Misek was from lower Michigan, but up farther north of Michigan. Just south of Traverse City. Yeah, Actually, anyway. A good friend of mine. Anyway, uh, we played a really good game in that, uh, in that game. And I remember Dave Bessman scored eight points in five seconds. <laughs> In that game, no three off our press, <laughs> boom, 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 three laps. He got fouled or something. Uh, he scored eight points, and I know five seconds went off, went off the clock. But uh, that was a good team. Uh, and you guys jumped them early, right? Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, like at what point do you remember knowing that shit? We're going to the state finals. Yeah. Well, I knew. Uh, I knew long before the end of the game that we we're going to be there. So yeah. Anyway, I remember your dad. He did the score, right? Score. Well, he was on a. Okay, we're in Marquette, and Bessonen was two points away from setting the fieldhouse record. And uh, your dad came in the huddle, and he said, "Bessie's one back basket away from scoring the fieldhouse record." for two games in a regional. I looked at him and I pushed him out of the huddle. And I said, what the hell are you doing here? Well, go, go away. So anyway, anyway, anyway. So Dave Bessonen looked at me and, okay. We went down the floor. Bessonen could have shot the ball four or five more times. This kind of kid he was. He passed to his buddy, Derek Stenson. For layups then he turned to me he grabbed his jersey and he said take me out coach and i took him out yeah so i suppose my dad had just a gesture to say and, in case you want to give him another yeah, bucket but. yeah anyway i had a big cigar in my jacket suit coat pocket and i said bess i'm gonna smoke this cigar tonight because <laughs> we'd been in the regional chant regionals three years in a row and finally we were going to win one that was against Carney, so. What a great uh, moment for Bessie. I mean, is there, that's a that's a moment that very few yeah. people know about. Did you even? I did not know, know, know about that. Just yeah. talks to the character. Yeah, and he's, he told me, he said, this is not what it's about, me setting records. He said, you and I talked about this. And I remember those conversations very well, so. All right, then we had the... <clears throat> Well, my best basketball memory was our 91 win against Jeffers, beat Mike Mackey and the Jeffers Jets in the district championship yeah. at Tech. Remember right. that game? Yeah, right. Anyway. Jeffers had a hell of a team. Yeah, they had a good team. Uh, uh, your junior year was disappointing against Mackey. That's the only district you won, Mike. I know that. So, <laughs> 1990. So, anyway, when I had three starters hurt, no, that was Lake Linden that beat us in. No, it was Berga. I thought Berga beat us in that No, it was year. Lake Linden. See, they won the regional that year. In 89? Or 90. 
when you and Shane and Shane all had sprained ankles. That was Baraga. Baraga, but Baraga, Baraga Vikings. Zach Norman. Zach oh. Norman and they, uh, Neil. They got to the they got to the regional final. Against, oh, I got um, that twisted up there. So. Yeah, I got a limited skill set in life, but I have I know useless information. The other game I remember too, Bimbo, on, on the, one of the great wins, and I came up from college to watch it. Was that it had to have been around 93, 94, the regionals against North Dickinson, Alan Mackey, younger uh, Jet. You know, Chunka, that whole crew. Yeah, oh, that, that, that was a hell of a team. That was a good team. Uh, and you, I think you beat North Dickinson in the semis. We were at that game in the middle right. of Lake they had, in the finals. They had, yeah, it was. North, then Chunka sprained his ankle, right, yeah. in that final. and Because that team should have no, went No, no, Chunka. Chunka couldn't play in the regional in the, championship. And he didn't play in the quarterfinal, really, either. He was. Uh, he couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't. Go. But that was a good team. We lost a detour by seven points, but... Um, our current coach here, Brad Bessonin, and Jeremy Moreland, and part of my 95 undefeated team were sophomores then in 93. And uh, Chunka was probably one of the best post players that ever played for me. Like 6'2", six, 6'3", two, six, 240. Sweetest turnaround. Great feet. Mm-hmm. Great. Great underneath the bucket. Yeah, if you have him against Detour, you win that quarterfinal. He he couldn't uh, he couldn't he couldn't play in the quarterfinal. He couldn't play in the regional championship, and we played Lake Linden. After Mackey made a fool out of the UP Player of the Year from North Dickinson, they had a guard. Matson. He was yeah. Alan Mackey chewed him up. Yep. Oh, he he ate him alive. Yep. That's, and uh, that's Alan Mackey, Alan Mackey was a junior. So, so anyway. So I put that one down, and the last one I just want to get your comments on too is that the, the the final game in the barn. I remember coming back for it, and we had tickets, and the line was out in the sidewalk to get into the JV game, and none other than Dick Franny coaching Anto. I mean, what a buzzsaw he walked in, and Dick had a hell of a team there too. Yeah, Steve Matson was on that team. Um, Rory Fisher. Yeah, and remember that game? Oh, I remember that game, and. Uh, uh, and Franchi's going to be mad if he watches you guys, because uh, he didn't win. He didn't win that game. We won the last game in the barn. My nephew, as well, you should have. Right, as well, you should have. My nephew, uh, Mitch Warchek, scored the last bucket in the barn, and he came off the bench. So anyway, uh, let's see. Mitch was class of '98, I think. Anyway, '99 was the first year of the new school. Yeah. So anyway. Franti finally beat me. Oh, Franti beat me one time on the old floor. And then that, he went out and kissed the floor. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. And you know what? That kind of got me mad. (laughs) He was up in the bleachers giving everybody high fives. And, hey, Dickie, (laughs) I hope you're watching this. Oh, he, he was mad at me last year, he said. I heard you said the story about me kissing the floor. And I says, I wish I got it on videotape because I videotape all my home games. He says, I want to see it. Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully he's a listener. Uh, so that's good stuff. Coach, what do you that, have? That, old, that yeah. old barn was a special place. If we could have played our districts there, we'd have never lost one. Mm-hmm. No. 
Well, that's good stuff. Like I said, I, I remember a lot of these stories from afar. Yeah. I, obviously, Oj and I have had a lot of talks over the years yeah. and sound over some beers and stuff. But uh, let me ask you one question just so I can feel like I'm participating in this. But what teams, to go back and think of your, your Hall of Fame career, what teams do you think caused you were the, the toughest to prepare for? What caused you the most fits? Uh, uh, teams, you, coaches. Are you talking about the local teams? Anybody who, anybody, like if, if, like teams that would cause you to drink a couple extra uh, long neck Budweisers as you're getting uh, worked uh, up. Uh, well, Bronzek and I, Dollar Bay and I had a lot of good battles. Uh, and I like Jim. He won one regional when he called me for a scouting on Crystal Falls. I think he beat Crystal Falls for a regional championship. And I said, you got to follow this guy. If you get in a situation, you got to follow this guy, Jim. Uh, the kid missed like 14 free throws and Dollar Bay won the regional. So <laughs> he called me afterwards. <laughs> we were enemies on a basketball court, but we were friends off it. And I enjoyed battles like that. And Dick Franny and Antonagan. Antonagan was a big rival. Uh, of course, you mentioned Roland Antela too. Uh, oh, Roland Antela. They called him the prince of coaching, and that he was. Uh, he was a gentleman, gentleman, a gentleman coach, and that he was. Uh, I, I learned a lot from guys like Jim Daniels in Wakefield, Roland Antela in White Pine, as a JV coach, just watching those guys. I paid attention. I, I did my homework. I paid attention to what those guys were doing, and uh, they were good for me, and they were good coaches and good guys, both of them. So, Well, we just want to thank you for sitting down and talking with us. You know, obviously, Oj has a lot of stories from you. I guess I kind of know you through Oj a little bit and you know, competed against you, but I think the listeners that we have are going to really appreciate listening to the stories that you have to tell, and we're, we're glad we can share it. So, again, Coach from SS3TP, we thank you very much. Thanks, Bimbo. Thank you, guys. So. It's Wager Talk with Oj. Listen to my two cents or listen to my nonsense. Your choice. All right, getting back into a little bit of wager talk. Not much, but we're getting we're getting close to the time of time of year where I feel like I got a clue because baseball is tough. And we talked. Well, about you that. already said you're taking the Chargers and that quarterback, but anyway. Yeah, it's baseball has been tough, and, and like I said, I haven't done much with it. Um, but as we get closer now toward, you know, these are big games for these teams battling in the pennant and for, you know, for the pennant, divisional races, whatnot. I think, I think you really got to take a look or what I'm going to start doing is taking a look at some of the pitching matchups for these games. Um, you know, the Braves are on a roll right now. Uh, I think, I think the best way to go about it, and this is what I'm going to do next week and I'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. Is I'm going to ignore that that run line completely, and I'm going to go uh, just total total straight money line and look at some pitching matchups and do two teamers. And you know, the Braves are the Braves are one team to look at. I think 
as well as they're playing right now. They got the best record in baseball right but now. But the other right? one I hate to say it is the damn Cubs. The Cubs are playing good ball, and you know I bet, I bet you Kevin from the High Rent District oh, likes that geez, comment. Hey, yeah, and, and there's others too. I've been hearing this crap from them. The Brewers lost a tough one today. Um, well, how about the, the Brewers and the Reds? Yeah, well, I mean that division is tight right now. Yeah. The Central's tight, but but I think if if you look, I'm going to look at these pitching matchups where you get a big advantage. You know, starting pitcher from one team versus the other, and two team partly those on the money line. I think that's the way to go, and that's what I'm going to look at doing right now. Um, you know, I'm going to tinker with it a little bit next week, but I also let's start keeping in mind. I think it. We should have some more fun. We did this a while back when it first came out. Those Vegas NFL win totals. Yeah, we, we got that's a that's a blast. And you know you can't bet all those damn things, but I guess you could. But I mean it's not on a teacher's salary. Yeah, yeah, you know, because you're not you're not winning a lot on those bets, you know. So, but it makes it fun. It makes it yeah, fun it and to pay attention to to bet, to bet ten bucks on the Lions go over nine and a half wins, you know, or whatever. And right. That's stuff I want to look at. I think we should bring that stuff up again. Maybe go back and look what we predicted and maybe see, get see some if of they our change. List, some of our listeners' two cents on it. Um, go back and yeah, look at what we talked about in the spring when they first came out. Um, so yeah, there's going to be more to come up with 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 the betting and and you know, I'm just going to have a little bit of fun here in the month of August and into September with some baseball not a lot but the biggest thing I'm going to do is look at these pitching matchups and do some two team parlays money line straight up for teams to win these games and and the the baseball teams are positioning themselves now there's some pretty good races I mean that that AL East I mean those are those those teams are unbelievable. Their records, right, and, right. you know, the NL Central. I mean, there's some there's some pretty good races heating up. So, like I said, the pitching pitching's going to come down to it. Um, it's 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 going to be pretty exciting. And obviously, as we progress here, more the the football is going to be 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 the focal point. But that's a wager talk with Oj. All right, wager talk with Oj has been brought to you by the Vision Clinic. We offer a wide selection of eye care products, including eyewear, sunwear, and contact lenses to, to fit your specific eye care needs. Our mission is to provide quality service and products at a reasonable pricing. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Give them a call at 906-482-6800 to set up an appointment. Plus, they have nice sunglasses too, don't they? Damn right. All right. So let's uh, let's jump into some questions, Oj. Um not a lot this week. I think a lot of our fans forgot we were returning today, but we do have a couple of questions. Oh, Matt from Mohawk. He's back. Oh, boy. Why does Crouchy hate wide receivers so much? Why does why does he think I hate wide receivers? I probably attended a couple of Lakeland and football games in the last you know number of years and didn't see a whole lot of them. Well, when they do catch them, they're touchdowns, though. Yeah, but they were tight ends. We're running backs. <laughs> That's true. I don't hate wide receivers. I just don't like the nonsense, the look at me stuff, the, the gloves hanging from the face mask. Just kills me. Prima donnas. Yeah, I just don't like that. Uh, Terrell Owens. Yeah, you can take him. Yeah, I don't. I don't go for all that that nonsense. But uh, I, I really, I don't have anything against wide receivers. They're an integral part of the 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 passing game and the the, the game of football. But I just don't like the people that do things that say, "Hey, look at me." That's where you're at with them. I guess, yeah. On the other side. So would you rather have 
You like a good DB that runs his mouth or a good wide receiver that runs his mouth? I don't think mouth? you need to run your mouth. Well, but it's one and the same, right? These, these are the athletes we're talking. Split out wide. There's confidence, cockiness, right? Up in each other's face. Why, why do you got to run your mouth? Let your play, let your play talk for you. Okay. You ever, what, you what, what did hey. Barry Sanders do when he scored a touchdown? Did something great. Yeah. What did Dion do? You'd rather be huh? Dion Sanders right or up Barry the, Sanders? Uh, I'll take Dion any day. Yeah. I don't hate wide Prime receivers. Time. Prime time. Yeah. Oh, get off the two tight end full hose tease shit. Oh, just running his mouth. I bet you he used to hang his gloves off his face mask. <laughs> all right. Scrapyard's back, and I don't understand this one at all, Oge. Maybe you can we provide a little. We haven't understood a whole lot from him, yeah. actually. Yeah. It says, do you guys plan to watch the Pogo Stick Championships or the Spikeball Championships that they broadcast on ESPN? If so, can you provide some sound betting advice? There's a there's a Pogo Stick Championship? Well, I think, I think what he's referring to, and I get it, is the fact that ESPN is putting these damn events on. I mean, there's some craziness on that ESPN is televising now. You know what I like watching? You ever watch the lumberjack competitions where they're cutting boards and stuff? Watch it. It used to happen in you and every the, year, the, September 28th. But uh, it wasn't on ESPN. No, should have. But been. you ever watch that? I like watching that. I've actually watched beanbags on ESPN before too. Yeah, I watch some bag tossing. I, I, I mean, yep. this uh, betting advice on pogo stick championships. I did see on the same line there was uh, I don't even know what they called it. What were those little horses on the sticks with the, the the when you were a kid you know you'd get a little horse head nerf horse head on a stick you, you have any idea what i'm talking about sounds a little bit on the creepy side uh, well it is but they, they finland had these oh we're not on the finland sports again are no, we? that was sweden <laughs> oh sweden yeah they would trot around on these little horses and stuff so i don't scrapyard i'm not even paying attention hogo stick champion spike ball Spike ball would actually be that's there's a little more to it than than uh, than pogo stick championships. I guess yeah. um, betting advice on that would be, eh, I guess you got to look at uh, look at the size of the pogo stick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I make a motion that Scrap Air doesn't get any more questions right on the How air. How big is your pogo stick, Coachy? Hey. <laughs> I'll tell you off the air. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> All right, this one is from Eric in Grand Rapids. Oh, a new one. Never heard of him. With all the expansion going on in college football, here we go. What are your thoughts? Do you think this is good for college football? Go ahead, well, Crochy. Boy, there's a lot going on, hey? The, the, I guess, you know, obviously the Big Ten is one that you and I pay most attention to, but Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten and now the possibility of Florida State and Clemson? Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, obviously it's all about money, so. Well, did you see, yeah, you're right, it is. Did you see what um, Washington and Oregon agreed to, to join the Big Ten with the, as far as money goes? I did not. I think, every, and again, the article I read said every Big Ten school gets $60 million a year in the television money, and Oregon and Washington are agreeing to $30 million take like half a share of it yeah. to, to get in but you know it, that that it's it's amazing we so we give we just talked about harbaugh earlier you know buying a cheeseburger and then these players catching hell for taking the money they are for moving 
you know, the, the NIL Dickinson money going to Kansas. Right. Right. And then you get the, these universities doing what they're doing. So um, do I like it? No, I don't like it, but I'm not getting worked up over it. I just it, can't. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's the nature of it right It's going to happen. It, the, it, the, it, the, and ultimately, whole, you know, the one thing is the NCA might not have anything to do with this when this is all said and done. Right. You know, um, no, it's it's the nature of it right now, and I I love the, I love the game so much. I'm not I look forward to these Michigan games on Saturday and and other games too, and I'm not going to get worked up over it. I just can't. I you know when when fall comes on, I'm going to turn the games on, and I don't give a darn who is in the Big Ten or how many divisions they have. And if if it's eight o'clock at night and I'm watching Northwestern play UCLA, I'm going to watch them. So whatever. That's that's my thoughts on it and. Let's I, go. I got two interesting points here. One, the fact that this is obviously driven by football. This is a football-driven thing because of the te- the television money. For sure. You know, are you looking forward to watching Oregon play Rutgers and girls volleyball? I mean, the fact that that the, let's not start the volleyball thing. Oh, again. that's coming. But or or swimming or soccer or any other sport that doesn't raise a lot of revenue the universities are trying you know they're they're getting away from the oh they're all important they're saying no football is important they're, we're going to make this money and because we're making that money we're going to fly our swim team across the country right. you know understanding that if they don't take the money they're going to be get they're going to be out of the loop yeah so well, i think in uh with in tune with our preview of the afc i think what you're going to see ultimately in college football is much like the nfl you're going to end up with two big conferences, much like the NFC and the AFC. You know, I, I, the Big 12 is trying to hang on there. They're, they're making a run at it. So there's going to be three. It looks to me as if the a, ACC is pretty much pretty much going by the wayside. So you're going to have the Big 10, the SEC, and the Big 12 is making a run at it. But and we're going to have a playoff system that's going to change again, too, which already is. But it, yeah. it's... Yeah, I don't know. I, it's going to happen. There's, Like I said, I agree with you. There's no point in getting worked up about it. i got to be honest, watching Michigan play Oregon, I could get into yeah, that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at 1 o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. All right. Paul Next. from Boise's oh, back. Oh, he's back. Yep, old Paul from Boise. In the history of movies and television, has there ever been a more hated villain than Ramsey Bolton from the Game of Thrones? Paul Did- has not. Listened to every episode, apparently. Didn't we? We talked about this, oh, didn't we? Oh, we did. We did. Did we say who we thought were the best villains, or did well, we I, just... I'm fairly certain I did, and he is correct. There is no... In in my in my lifetime of watching movies, shows, whatever, I have never, ever been more appalled or hated a character more than Ramsey Bolton. And that's... We brought this up with some other listeners, too, that have not been into Game of Thrones. This guy was rotten to the oh, core. Yeah, evil, evil, he was rotten. Evil. Yes, he was. And there were some other characters on there too. A little Joffrey kid, like to slap him around once yep, in a for while sure. too. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, just oh, just it creeps me out thinking about some of those scenes when he tortured people and. Shh, no, we got other people that got to listen, so oh. let's just move on from that. But yeah, it's a good point. Now, did Paul bring up a? He brought up an interesting question too that we kind of talked about earlier. Oh yeah. What do you think about this? And and this would be good maybe to get some of you, the listeners to put their two cents in an email. But we're you know we're talking about maybe some type of uh, football pool, NFL pool, or SS3TP. You know, I, it, we're not going to do a weekly pick thing because that's going to take too much time. But 
maybe a, a survivor pool. Um, I'd love to hear some comments from people if you'd like to get in on this. Um, yeah, you, you and they'd have to be people that really listen to a show up to date. You yeah, know, they you can't know, listen to it. Stay on top of it. And, and, which you know, it's hard to believe that people aren't. But Throw 10 bucks into my PayPal account and, and uh, start picking some football teams and see where you end up. And whether we give you the money at the end or not is debatable. But I'm into pools. I, I think that'd be fun to talk about each week too. So good question from Paul. Yeah, like I said, it would be interested uh, – Interested to see, you know, what other people think about it. So, uh, our listener questions have been brought to you by Poor Man's Epoxy, your choice of local handcrafted epoxy products in Lakeland and Michigan. No custom project is too big or too small. Check out poormansepoxy.com or contact Brett at 906-369-0684 to get your project started now. And now you know what it's time for, Oge? Listen to the lyrics. Listen to the lyrics has been brought to you by Keweenaw Auto Body, located on Pine Street in Calumet. They are your choice for quality collision body repair since 1966. They are open 8 to 5 Monday through Friday and 8 to 12 on Saturday. Give them a call at 906-337-1203. Well, this is, I know, your highlight of the day. And you know, you've been on kind of a roll. I think some of the songs you've been selecting recently, oh, they got, I like. What do you got for our tens of fans this week? Well, we're moving off the, I'm sure this will make some people happy, but we're moving out that countryside a little bit. And we're, we're taking a trip to Laurel Canyon. And for those of you that love the folk rock era of the late 60s, there's a documentary out called Laurel Canyon, which refers to the area in West Hollywood that many of the prominent musicians of that area moved to and played music and wrote songs. And one of the centerpieces of that group was a young writer and musician named Jackson Brown. This song came years later, after he had already made it, and it's my favorite, simply put. It's about a man who gives up his dreams and lives a life of daily routine with his wife and kids. Just the monotonous of going to work, coming home, making dinner, waking up, doing the same routine over and over. So enjoy the lyrics of The Pretender. I'm gonna rid myself of hell in the shade of the freeway Gonna pack my lunch in the morning And go to work each day And when the evening rolls around I'll go on home and lay my body down And when the morning light comes streaming in up and do it again Amen Say it again Amen I want to know what became of the changes we waited for love to bring Were they only the fitful dreams of some greater awakening I've been aware Time going by 
They say in the end It's the wink of an eye When the morning light Comes streaming in You'll get up and do it again Amen Caught between the longing for love And the struggle for the legal tender Church bells ring and the junk man pounds his fender. Well, the veterans dream of the fight, fast asleep at the traffic light, and the children solemnly wait for the ice cream vendor. Out into the cool of the evening, strolls the pretender He knows that all his hopes and dreams begin and end there episode 23 to a close Oach, a little afc preview what are we gonna talk about next week you think dallas cowboys can't wait to get in the nfc i'm fired up about the i'm fired up about my team and uh it'll be fun so we'll uh we'll get in the nfc a little bit and i don't know we'll maybe maybe get on with some of these uh Hopefully, maybe some pools and stuff. Get some opinions. That could from be somebody. good, hey? Yeah, I'd like to get some opinions on those guys. We'll have some more. Guys. We'll have a, another UP legend in, uh, in, in Crouchy's Corner. Oh, you'll have some more betting advice, listener questions, and 
Might even start doing a little bit of uh, previewing of some of the local sports coming up in the next couple of weeks, hey? It is coming. It's close to fall, and we got football, local football and volleyball coming up, so it'll be great. Did you say volleyball? I did. We do. We will have a volleyball part of this uh, program, believe it or not. Stay tuned, folks. See you, Oge. Talk to you later, Coachie.